This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, in case you missed it, this past Monday, the director of the Alabama Department of Transportation, John Cooper, was arrested in Marshall County. A warrant was issued by the Marshall County Sheriff's Office for the misdemeanor charges of harassment and intimidation against Cooper. When notified of the warrant, Cooper turned himself into authorities and was then released on a $500 bond by Monday afternoon. Not many more details have been issued about this warrant, except that they deal with a property line dispute. This comes during a time when Cooper has been involved in a high-profile bridge dispute in southern Alabama. That story has been covered quite extensively by Erica Thomas on the 1819 News website. Governor Ivey started out this week by signing into law the expansion legislation to the Alabama Accountability Act. The scholarship program allows for financial assistance to families within a certain income level who want to move their students out of a failing school if they are enrolled in one. This bill was one of the two pieces of legislation that dealt with education in schools and school choice. The Price Act was a far more extensive school choice bill that allowed for parents of any income level or location in the state to receive almost $7,000 in an education savings account that would allow them to shop around and apply tuition to the school of their choice. That bill made it out of that bill did make it out of the committee in the Alabama Senate, but was never put on the Senate floor for a vote before the end of the legislative session. The Houston County Emergency Management Director has announced his resignation. Chris Judah was placed on administrative leave last week after an investigation was launched into the management of that agency. That investigation comes after Dothan police arrested two people connected to the EMA and charged them with computer tampering. Those arrested were Jesse Taylor and Amy Granberry. Judah has not been charged or implicated in these latest Dothan police charges. An opioid settlement of $17 billion has been reached between multiple state attorneys general and two drug makers and two pharmacies. The state of Alabama was represented by Attorney General Steve Marshall in this lawsuit and as such will get $248 million from that settlement. Funds will start to be administered on a national level later this summer. The lawsuit was brought against drug makers Teva and Allergen as well as the pharmacies that sold the drugs CVS and Walgreens. These two pharmacies have agreed to monitor and report any suspicious activities regarding opioid prescriptions as part of this settlement, and the drug makers are required to stop selling the opioids for the next 10 years. Marshall called the opioid crisis a blight on our society that has had costly effects on communities and that these companies are being held accountable for the irreparable harm done in this state. The Mobile County Public School System, along with the leadership of the city of Mobile, are taking steps forward in purchasing the Lad People Stadium. The MCPSS wants to eventually build a sportsplex surrounding that stadium that will include outdoor baseball and softball fields and indoor basketball and volleyball courts. The cost of this project would be about $40 million. The Mobile City leadership revealed to WKRG News that they are reviewing the proposal and the intergovernmental agreement between the school system and the city of Mobile once that stadium is purchased. The stadium will still continue to host popular HBCU football games, such as the Port City Classic, and the Gulf Coast Challenge. And speaking of the city of Mobile, the police chief in that city says an injustice was done to that community's reputation when it comes to an egregious report that used FBI crime statistics. Police Chief Paul Prine spoke with 1890 News reporter Erica Thomas, saying that he does not believe the mistake was actually intentional. However, the numbers that were reported by Money Geek and Forbes placed the city of Mobile at a high crime rate than what is actually happening. 
Mobile is not as dangerous as portrayed, says Prine, because the FBI put out incorrect crime statistics on their website. The reality is that in 2022, homicides in Mobile dropped by 20%, sexual assaults by 14%, and robberies by 25%. And so far in 2023, the crime numbers continue to drop. Prine says that media outlets should contact the actual city leadership in order to double-check those numbers coming from the FBI before they write something that has far-reaching negative effects. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, this past Monday, President Joe Biden was going to meet with the outgoing Secretary General of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, known as NATO. Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg is set to step down from that office this coming summer. He is the former Prime Minister of Norway and the longest-running NATO leader since taking that job in 2014. Stolzenberg was going to meet with Biden about an upcoming summit in Lithuania this coming July, where the next leader of NATO will be selected. However, all appointments and meetings on Biden's Monday schedule had to be canceled as he underwent a root canal due to discomfort that started over the weekend. The White House physician, Kevin O'Connor, said that Biden would not be undergoing any anesthesia that would cause the 25th Amendment to be invoked. The meeting with Stolzenberg was then rescheduled for Tuesday. Also coming from the White House and the Wall Street Journal is confirmation that China has been operating a spy base on the island of Cuba, just south of Florida. That spy base was apparently operational by 2019, according to the Wall Street Journal. The Biden administration is disputing that date, saying it was inaccurate and that they have been aware of the attempts by China to spy on the U.S. and have been working to offer continued disruption to that. The White House statement classified this latest report on the Chinese spy base as not a new development, but an ongoing issue that was inherited by the incoming Biden administration. Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio sits on the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. He posted a response to the new report saying it's deeply disturbing and unacceptable to have China within 100 miles of the U.S. establishing an intelligence facility. Rubio urged the Biden administration to take steps that prevent such a serious threat to national security. When it comes to China, Breitbart News has published an article from a former veteran of the U.S. Border Patrol Agency. Randy Clark served 32 years in law enforcement in Texas, as well as directing nine Border Patrol stations in that state. Clark is now reporting that since the beginning of fiscal year 2023 in October, there have been 13,000 Chinese migrants apprehended at the U.S.-Mexico border. This is a 1,000% increase of migrants seeking to enter the U.S. compared to the numbers from a year ago. 84% of those apprehended are single adults. Clark is relying on his sources within the Border Patrol Agency to write this report, and that included retired Army Colonel Dr. Kenneth Allard, who says that totalitarian governments like China are great exploiters of opportunity and are capitalizing immediately on the weakness that's being exhibited by the Biden administration when it comes to the border. Many of these migrants say that they are fleeing from China after a three-year oppressive COVID-19 lockdown in that country, combined with the human rights violations of the Chinese Communist government. J.P. Morgan Financial Group has reached a settlement of $290 million with the victims of Jeffrey Epstein, who were abused on his Caribbean island. The victims filed a lawsuit against the Wall Street Banking Company for knowingly doing business with Epstein, despite the evidence of global sex trafficking of minors and despite Epstein's conviction of using underage prostitutes in Palm Beach, Florida. Sigrid McCauley is an attorney for one of the victims who said after the settlement was reached that for far too long money flowed with impunity between Epstein and financial institutions who had the ability to spot and shut down the sex trafficking operation. Authorities within the U.S. Virgin Islands were instrumental in passing on the banking information to the survivors and their attorneys in order to help them build their case. The U.S. Virgin Island government still has its own lawsuit outstanding against J.P. Morgan for similar violations. 
Well, there's another legal battle ramping up between Fox News and their former television host, Tucker Carlson. A cease and desist letter was sent to Carlson this week after he started posting video updates on Twitter that has had massive viewer response. Carlson's first episode has now had over 100 million views since it was released on June 6th. Fox News is claiming that in doing these videos, Carlson is in breach of his contract and the non-compete clause. Carlson's attorney, Harmeet Dillon, says this is her client's First Amendment right that he is simply exercising and that Fox News continues to ignore the interests of its viewers, not to mention its shareholder obligations. Carlson plans to release another episode on June 13th, the day that Donald Trump must respond to his federal indictment at a Miami courthouse. Well, Catholics are not sitting down when it comes to the Los Angeles Dodgers and their continued support of not just LGBTQ groups, but those that intentionally and continually mock the Catholic faith. A march and prayer vigil is now being planned at Dodger Stadium this coming June 16th. The Catholics' poster clearly states that this is going to be a peaceful Christian event and that it is designed to be a prayerful response to the Dodgers and their godless decision to honor the blasphemous and Christ-mocking drag queens who dress like nuns and call themselves the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. John Yep is organizing this event. He spoke recently on Lindell TV. You know, there's a reason that they have come to Los Angeles, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They're testing us. They're testing us to see how far we're going to go. They tested the, the, the drinkers of Bud Light. They tested the moms at Target. They all pushed back. They're testing the Catholics now. What are we going to do? It's not enough to sit back and, and do nothing here at this point. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 